Okay, welcome to the Punch Touch Podcast. Real fans, real talk. We dissect, dive deep and discuss juicy bits of gossip and news from the world of boxing and MMA. I'm Coach T, I'm your host and welcome to a crazy ride of adventure. Real fans, for the fans. Let's go! Hey, it's the Punch Touch Podcast. It's the Punch Touch Podcast. Welcome, welcome everybody to a special, fantastic episode of Punch Touch Podcast. And yes, this is a warrior special, a warrior special. And this warrior special is called The Wonder of the Why. Every warrior has their own why. And I'm about to uh, interview a an intellectual, intelligent, insightful warrior that's been on this show many times before. But but this is a special one because we're going to get up to him, how we how deep he goes, but we're going to get a little bit of insight into his why as a warrior and just and just dealing with the learning curve, the the challenges, the sparring, the training, the discipline and and all of the stuff in between of the combat sport that he's chosen to take up in his lifestyle. Welcome, the Professor Jacob. How are you doing, brother? Coach T, it's an honour to be on here. I love the upgrade, I have to admit. <laughs> <laughs> Not to divert from this podcast, but for anyone out there, go and watch the snippet of Snoop Dogg and Joe Rogan, and you'll see how Coach T resonates with me a lot with that moment, with that microphone he's got. Um, but really pleased to be on here. I'm very happy to uh, let the listeners get an insight into my world and my why as such, which will be great. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, we've spoken offline, you know, just just general, just like general, sincere. We both have a passion for combat sports and we, we both do it in our own way. And we, you know, we, we speak, we share ideas and insights. So um, first of all, the wonder of the why would be the first question of why did you choose the journey of the combat sport of jujitsu, first of all? And uh, sorry, let me, let me excuse myself. Could you let everyone know a little bit about yourself and your background before you came to jujitsu, please? Ooh, okay. So, um, where does it all start? Started off with a fitness journey quite a few years ago with an ex-partner who things didn't work out for one reason or another, and it spurred me on to do a fitness journey. Now, just prior to our breakup, my friend participated in a white-collar boxing. And as I'm sure many of them do get a lot of sign-ups on the night, I did exactly the same thing after a few sand, a few shows, I say. Um, <laughs> thinking, right, get it done with, and we'll just go and do it. Um, now, uh, I... Just as I signed up for this event and prior to, uh, and prior to actually going and competing in the event, uh, my reason for doing it, and I did it for a charity, which was Diabetes UK, which has kind of really, um, hit more home recently. Um, but I lost a friend to diabetes um, who passed wow. away. So I did the boxing event in memory of him. Um, back in my single days, everyone used to ask... Uh, where did you where did you come in your boxing event? And it used to tell me how switched on they were to the conversation. So I used to say I came second, which they said, oh, that must have been really good. And um, instantly made me think like you have no idea, do you? Um, no way a second date wouldn't resume from that. But um, 
beside the point. We learned from it. And the whole journey of that sort of 12-week camp, I really enjoyed the camaraderie that came with it because obviously it's a boxing, white boxing event uh, or white-collar boxing event. It it really opened my eyes. I made some genuine lifelong friends throughout who, to still this day, I still speak to, have worked with and so on. Um, fast forward a few more years of doing, let's say, more bodybuilding stuff, um, uh, becoming obviously more of a, going down the path of becoming a, a qualified and registered nutritionist. Uh, I eventually also got diagnosed myself with an autoimmune disease of type 1 diabetes. Wow. Um, at, after a car crash, oddly enough. So some suggestion is that the onset stress of the car crash then elevated that to happen. Um, and upon having this thought and looking at the bodybuilding lifestyle as such, to try and adhere to a um, really healthy lifestyle that's going to match my disease, um, I decided to put bodybuilding, let's say, uh, on pause and sort of stop it just for the time being. Now, don't get me wrong. I learned lots about it. I learned about uh, dedication, repetitions and so on, diet, workouts and things like that. So it, it's very good in the world. My strength was increased and I gained a lot of physical size because of it. Uh, for listeners, for people listening, obviously, I'm about six foot, six foot one and about 91 kilograms. Um, all right, show off. Okay. All right, show off. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, with a bit of body fat on him, so I'm not saying I'm pure lean. And... Hey, Francis and Garnet. Yeah, you're a big, but, lad. Um, yeah, you're a big yeah. lad, mate. You ain't, you ain't small. You're a big lad, Professor. Big lad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's there. And I then ventured into the world of CrossFit, thinking that I can't do typical incline walking or stair or stair master stuff because of the bodybuilding things. Let's uh, let's move on a bit into that and just see what what can I do with this. I'm not particularly great at something, i.e., uh, running, cardio stuff. Let's start to incorporate it more now. Did a year worth of CrossFit. Um, my I finished my university degree as well, so set up the nutrition consultancy um, and started working with lots of different people. Um, Eventually, uh, we came across an athlete who I bumped into in uh, a gym who said he's looking for a sponsor. Uh, his name Grant, uh, is Grant Ogborn. Um, so shout out good old Grant Ogie Ogborn. Was it um, Grant, Grant Ogborn, yeah? Yeah, Grant Ogie Ogborn. Um, yeah, and on, also, can we, um, could you just let the listeners know um, the name of your um, nutritional consultancy, please? Yeah, sure. It's BDL Nutrition. Uh, we're Bristol's leading uh, nutritionist consultancy or nutrition consultancy. Um, I've been running it for quite some time now. We've had some fantastic results. I think just last year we were shy of uh, just 5,000 kilograms of body fat was uh, removed last year from our wow. help and our expertise. So wow. we're, look, we're, we're running into 2022 of looking to overcome that and smash that number out of the park, which uh, I'm pleased to say we are more than attractive for this month, which is good. Um, with Grant, obviously, he is an MMA guy. Um, for me, I've always enjoyed probably watching UFC for quite some time. It was kind of a uh, one of my housemates' traditions of on a Sunday morning, we'd wake up after working a night shift in a in a bar somewhere, the pair of us, that um, we would then wake up on the morning, watch the UFC from the night before, have breakfast, reflect on it, and take it from there. Now, I loved this whole idea of a fight camp, really working hard to an adventure, like to an end point of doing something. Um, and it's always been something I've just enjoyed to see people push themselves to the physical limits because 
this is what the, the UFC stands for, the ultimate fighting championship, not just the fighting championship, the, the ultimate. So you'd see the best of the best. Mm. Uh, appreciate it has a questionable debate, obviously, with things currently with uh, different yeah, organizations. With politics, and so on. politics aside, Professor, with the politics aside. Um, that's what my passion was. Now, um, obviously, working with Grant and his nutrition um, to help with his own fights, eventually um, he said, look, come give Nogi a go. Come give some jiu-jitsu a go. Um, seeing, obviously, what happens on there, I wasn't overly keen on getting punched in the face, if I'm honest. Um, I'm not a... <laughs> I think from being a bigger guy in general... I've seen it happen to people where a, a, you'd be pinpointed at a distance, like, oh, I'm going to try and start a fight with this guy. And especially with like being in bodybuilding and stuff like that, people see a bigger guy and think, oh, he must be strong. Let's go and challenge him. And mm. so I would shy away from those type of confrontations. I'll openly admit I'm not overly confident about carrying myself at that time. Um, and so was it overly keen on, let's say, doing boxing or physical MMA? Um, so I thought, let's give jiu-jitsu a go. The idea behind it is there's a technical ability to it. And at the end of the day, you could just tap and someone stops, right? Yeah, for listeners, obviously, who have not heard of the term tapping, it's to sort of submitting to your opponent, saying that I can't do it anymore for whatever reason. Mm. Um, and, so, and can I, um, can I just, let me just jump in right there. And with regards, as, as you... Um, as we follow your journey, as you, you come into the world of jiu-jitsu, which is grappling, could you give a little breakdown? Because not, not everybody, not all the listeners that have pressed play onto this may exactly know um, like the general rules of um, a jiu-jitsu competition of, cool. of grappling. And I, and I know they can be variable. There is gi, there's no gi, there's all sorts of type of open weight limits and, and strict weight limits and stuff. But um, just generally... Um, Professor, could you just give a, a little bit of a general, very layman's term outline of, of basically the rules of a jiu-jitsu competition? Sure. Um, obviously, the most layman terms are saying it, it's a um, grappling competition. Um, so there's no physical like hitting, punching, kicking. It's all about um, grabbing your opponent and depending on what outfit they're wearing, gi or no gi, i.e. if they're wearing what some people refer to as uh, the pajamas or the white and white white pajamas um, <laughs> right. or you have no gi which is supposed to be to be like a physical like um i'm not going to say the a physical match where you may not even have a t-shirt on you may just have a, t a, a shirt um and the idea is that you will then put your position your opponent in a position to be submitted where they feel that they uh, are going to hurt themselves, um, either through a, an arm break, an ankle break, whatever it may be. It, it very rarely gets to the extent of someone physically breaking another opponent's person. Um, so the or conclusion likewise, would be submission of the other opponent to just, they openly suggest in the form I, of a tap out. Like, yeah, a tap out. I can't take any more. So imagine uh, from a boxing realm, someone throwing in the towel, yeah, or the referee mm. waving it off. They can't do it anymore. You physically have the opportunity to tap out. Um, That's a good and that can be done from um, a choke as well, among other things. So, um, without getting too technical, technical, there's a point system as well. Uh, if a submission isn't achieved, obviously, because it sometimes isn't achieved. Um, yeah, that's. I'd probably say that's the best way of summarising that. From mm -hmm. honest, Coach Jane. And, and, and can I ask you, um, your have you competed? First of all, yeah, are you competed? <laughs> I have. I have. You have competed. 
and and that's your first that is your first competition in um first of all like how long was you doing jiu-jitsu before you competed so my coach will be too happy about this but i did it for about seven to eight weeks before i competed seven to eight weeks of training before you competed but you're not yeah. you're not you know we're not talking about a complete freshman like uh, american collegiate freshman you're not completely fresh because you do have a good background of training like professor you've got knowledge of yeah. working out you've got knowledge of exercises and i think that i think that helped to accelerate your learning curve of jujitsu personally that's my personal um yeah well, opinion to, to I, I think into, it boosted you i was gonna say to put it into perspective obviously that my cornerman was um mike who obviously you've heard on other shows um and he was trying obviously to amp me up by saying that you've got an athletic capability yeah you've not just done this from never exercising before to eight weeks of trying to compete use that to your advantage and see how it goes and hell yeah yeah, that, that, hey, that, and, that. and and how did it go? If you don't mind sharing with us, please. <laughs> now, honestly, how did it go? Because this is your first competition. Like your experience is minimal within the the grappling world or the world of jujitsu, point scoring, and whatnot. This is your first competition, man. First. So um, my first fight, obviously. Well, again, another point of this, I was really concerned about. If I'm honest, my, can I be right about my true first fight with jujitsu competition, Coach T? It was yeah, making the way. That was my birthday competition. Wow, that's right? real. That's real fucking talk. That's real talk. Um, because my biggest fear was uh, not saying I got the biggest of reputations around Bristol, but being a nutritionist, I couldn't think of anything worse than the nutritionist who didn't make weight and got disqualified because he didn't make weight before fighting. Wow. So that was wow. that was my my biggest fear. Now I had mm. to drop. I think it was around about two kilograms. I know about two and a half kilograms. Sorry. In around about uh, ten days, um, <laughs> you know. Are you serious? Yeah, <laughs> Professor, are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Um, Dude, now, that's intense. For viewers listening, obviously, some people will be like, "Oh, you should never do that for your first ever competition," which I obviously take heed of at the time, but. Me being a nutritionist, I'm understanding, obviously, the differences between um, a water weight cut, uh, a food weight cut, and obviously sweating some stuff out and things like that. So I used that to my advantage. Uh, did it all safely. Yes, um, there were some trickier times and so on. Um, and I was quite privileged to my experience of my first weigh-in was done not just before I walked on the mat, which was my biggest fear, but actually... Um, a few hours before which gave me enough time to then eat refuel and get on there potentially weighing a little bit more than i should have done but don't tell the organizers that okay um, okay but but i'd like to that what you just said there why did you take yourself i'm curious about your why i'm i'm, I'm sincerely asking why did you take yourself to to that level of extreme conditioning to make um to make the fight I mean, what, what was motivating you to, to put yourself in that position? Because cutting weight is not for the weak hide. I think for me, Coach T, it comes from the point of, well, okay, making weight and competing. The reason why I think I prefer individual sports so much more is that your efforts are portrayed at the end of it, if that's mm. if you may see what I mean. And I've, I've participated in lots of group sports over time right lots and lots of group sports and i've felt like i've been let down i've been um individualized as someone who's not part of the simple group yeah um 
and may have not been in the right click, quote unquote. And I thought, okay, well, within this sport, it's me mm. versus the other person, right? My efforts will portray myself, obviously, to what happens, the outcome. Now, looking back at that eight weeks that I did, um, to the knowledge I have now, obviously, which is obviously sometime later, um, I, I definitely have learned a lot. And for the listeners, well, for the listeners now, my first fight, I got disqualified, <laughs> not for not making weight, but um, for picking my opponent up very lightly and putting him back down. Uh, <laughs> you got a little bit too Hulk. You got a bit hulky. A little bit. I did. And I'll be honest, the guys that I was fighting were similar to what I would call dad bod-esque who may have done jujitsu as a hobby and maybe wanted to do it. And so I thought I'd use my athletic capabilities to overpower mm -hmm. them. Um, and I got myself into a uh, position which is called a, uh, a triangle choke. Um, well, so my opponent had in a triangle attack on me, and uh, in MMA rules, um, <laughs> you can pick your opponent up and put them back down. Um, to viewers, to people listening, obviously, what you'd call maybe like a power bomb in like I don't know, wrestling entertainment world, yeah, yeah um, I get that, I can see that. Um, and for those who don't know anything about that, picking someone up who's I don't know, holding onto your neck with their legs and then slamming them on their back. Now, I'm not saying it was a big slam at all. However, in slow motion in my eyes, my cornerman Mike was like, no, in slow motion. Everyone else was like in gasps and I put him down, looked up and the ref's like, oh, okay, um, sorry. Um, prior to that, I apologized to my opponent because I saw a video of a very similar high level thing where they didn't mean to happen. I said I was just unaware of it. Um, but hey, you learned that you can't do certain rules and maybe it was my naivety of doing it after eight weeks. Now, I had a second fight after that, which went on a lot more longer. Um, and looking back at the techniques I used, uh, they were very simplistic. Um, and I can see how I would have overcome the positions that I got put in uh, mm. much more better. But the great thing about this sport is that you cannot succeed by winning all the time. Right. You have to lose regularly to get better. And yes. I personally like that because it's not about who you know. It's not about who you train with. It's not about who pays the most, who's got the right sponsors. It's about how many times you're prepared to fail, learn from it, and get better from it. Mm. And, 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 sorry, go on, on, carry on. I was going to say, and that to me is the core basics of, I think, of, of life. Nothing's easy. Nothing. That good old Rocky Balboa quote, the world isn't sunshine and rainbows. And I think the great thing about jujitsu is without having to be physically punched or kicked very quickly to be humble about situations, regardless of the size, the caliber of an individual. And it tells you that, okay, it's your choice. And this, this is very common within white belts who give up and don't go for mm. their blue, that they give up because they're like, oh, I'm not getting anywhere. Well, it's kind of your responsibility then to go and get better at it. And that, that, that's what I fall in love with jiu-jitsu because if you turn up, you'll do well. Yeah, if you want to be excellent at jiu-jitsu, you learn all your mistakes. So I, I take today, before this podcast, I got a, a private lesson done with another tutor who went over uh, a technical term called sweeps, right? Where you mm -hmm. get your opponent from one position to then flipping them on their back, typically. Um, I'm not great at them because that's not my typical game, but I've gone and taken it upon myself to better myself at it. And I'm not going to say I'm, I'm better now. It's going to take a couple of weeks of practice and drilling it and putting it in a real environment. And over time, I'll be better at it. 
Um, yeah, I think I think that um, I think what you said there is beautiful, to be honest, mate. And I think um, I think that's 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 a part of your journey that that goes beyond the physicality of of um, the challenge of competition. If that's something that is now innate, embedded within within your soul, is is mm. that that to have to be humble and to be strong is a great great polarity of balance. To be humble and strong. Now, when we mm. say humble, I don't mean humble like everyone takes the piss out of you. And I don't mean strong like when you're bullying everyone that is less stronger than you. But to have mm. that balance, that that humble and the strength, and I, I do believe that jujitsu does encourage one to maintain that balance. And speaking of um, like strength and weakness, highs and lows. I I, I would like to talk to you about the highs and lows of um, the world of jiu-jitsu as well. And I, and I know recently um, you, you experienced an injury from, yes. from jiu-jitsu. And that happens when, when you're on your grind and you're doing your shit, you fucking will get injuries. Any, any form of physicality, sport, I mean, you, shit, you can, get injured. you can get injured working in a factory doing conveyor belt stuff. Like, you get injured, yeah. you know, it happens, especially when you have two human beings clashing together trying to dominate each other for point scoring and whatnot. You will get injuries, and not, not to mention just the training, 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 training. Um, could you tell us a little bit about um, your injury, what happened, and is it the first injury you had? Uh, it wasn't my first injury, oddly enough. So um, my first one is quite a common one within jiu-jitsu for regularly uh, sort of uh, sparring. Um, so I started to develop uh, little pockets of bubbles in my ears called what it's termed as cauliflower, cauliflower ears. So you might see rugby players have this. So it wasn't the yeah. fully blown stuff, but I had a little bit of that. And this was uh late november early december so i had to take a, uh, about eight days off for that to let it settle because i was due to fly uh, i was lucky enough to get out of the country to get to mexico oh, God, for a little just, bit just fucking, professor that's not a good combo that's not a good combo a yeah. high pressure different variable air pressure and, and cauliflower air like oof. <laughs> yeah so i had to get it drained and obviously dealt with which was fine it's just a little bit of a start of something but it's fine. Obviously, at the same time, being a jiu-jitsu athlete, they're like, you're like, oh, I'm doing something right. I'm, I'm doing quite a way. It's kind of like a little badge of out order at the same time. It's tiny in comparison to some of the stuff out there. Um, so had that to begin with. Um, so that paused me, built, gave me a bit of time, obviously, to go on holiday, come back. And then obviously, I was keen to get back. And I, I signed up for um, the same... Uh, organization that I got disqualified in and lost my second fight um, in uh, whilst I was in Mexico for both uh, gi and no gi within jiu-jitsu because I had okay. I've only just started doing gi as well after that so I've enjoyed it so much um, and I was like okay fine gonna get my head down we're gonna compete for this and this is what we're gonna work ourselves up to which frustratingly is this Sunday coming um, now this is what we had the issue with was when I came back just with training, um, you, how do I put it? We were just what we call rolling sparring. And I went to grab these, this guy's legs and, uh, he just turned his legs and to which there was a loud pop. Now we both sat up, looked at each other and just thought, what's going on there? Everyone. Okay. To which both seemed fine. We both just sat on our bums. I then went and led back and sort of like put my hand out 
And I was like, oh, that's really painful. Look down and my, my hand was the size of a puffer fish type thing. It was blow, it was swollen up. Now, typically when this happens, you get sort of finger sprains within jujitsu and stuff like this. And the response is, well, just tape it up and carry on, which is no fault to my coach. That's what he said at the time. You'll be fine. And I thought it was a little bit more than that because the pain was more in the center of my hand rather than the actual fingers because I'd previously okay. sprained them before. Mm-hmm. Um Fast forward a couple of hours later, I'm in hospital having an x-ray and I've gone and broken what is called my metacarpal, which is the bone between the knuckle and the wrist. Uh, and this is on my left hand on my wedding, uh, wedding finger. Um, so I had to go in a cast for four and a half weeks, um, mm. which then obviously knocks the competition out of the way. Um, and obviously it means I couldn't roll. Now, I was kind of blessed that this happened over the Christmas period. So training was reduced quite significant, significantly over the time. So yeah, I didn't yeah. feel like I missed out loads, but still it was just gutting to say that I was looking for my redemption in this same federation. Um, I was excited obviously, to do Gi as well at the same time, see how my hand on that would have been. Um, excuse the pun there. <laughs> um, <laughs> how my hand on that would have been. Oh, there you go. Trying to choke um, people out with their own pajamas. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then, yeah, obviously, just last week, uh, was it last Monday or this Monday? Can't remember. Literally, in like the last ten days, it's been out of cast now, and I've now been back into no gi training, rolling again. My coach has kind of had to say to me, "Look, let's be real here. We're all being sensible with your hand at the moment. You go into a competition next Sunday, they're not going to give a monkeys about your hand at the end of the day. They're going to go and rip it off them if it's on them. Um, and last thing you want to do is then obviously hear that pop again. And I was like, right, fair enough. So. We've got another competition lined up in April, which I'm looking forward to, just based over in good old mighty Cardiff, um, mm-hmm. which we'll see um, and see how that goes. And then, yeah, just take it from there. But um, recovery-wise, uh, because of my sort of background in CrossFit, which is kind of, it's it's for everyone. Like, you could be in your 80s and they'll find a way to do it. It was just then adapting the workouts in the meantime. I've also then taken up a lot of, like, stretching. So... I've been using a, a mobility app called um, ROMWOD, which is uh, stands for range of motion um, workout. And this Ooh. app basically gives you a set of stretches to do over 20 minutes to then to improve that. So the idea being is that when I did come back into this competition on the jiu-jitsu world, I wasn't going to be day one again. I was going to be my athletic capabilities there. I've been keeping my cardio capacity up there with CrossFit and I'm able to keep obviously quite limber still. Um and just try and incorporate that into a normal sort of jujitsu lifestyle. So, okay. Yeah. And what's the name of your gym? Can we big up your gym, please? Yeah, sure. So the main guys are going to be the guys at Olympians Gym, uh, based in Bristol. They got a huge reputation. It's been going back years. Um, and then my other gym that I train at is called Sweatbox, based in the centre of Bristol in Bedminster. Uh, where I also do my CrossFit, but also do some uh, no gi and gi there as well. So the main guys are Olympians, um, and a guy is run by a guy called Wesley Merch, who, if you type his name into YouTube, you'll find him on one of the original Ultimate Fighters. So cool. And so, um, I mean, what's the um, what's the next chapter for you? And I think you you kind of dove you you, you kind of dove vision. You, oh, I'm trying to get my words out. What's that? Divulged. You dive yeah. into that. There you go. I'm sorry, my lips are a bit big. I come from Caribbean descent, so sometimes you need to get them out of the way. But yeah, you, you kind of went into that. And um, what is the next chapter? You, I know you've got some matches coming up, but also with regards to um, jujitsu, yeah, do you see this taking you in the future? Not that you can predict it, but I'm just curious to know 
where do you foresee jiu-jitsu taking you? If I'm honest, and I appreciate it's not this straightforward, but I love the idea of 10-year plans, right? Mm. And it's the idea being is that I do not know anyone to this day who has repeated their craft for 10 years and have not become an expert, a master, or a very good person at doing it. And so mm. when I seen this, and someone roughly gave me the estimations of saying, if you do jiu-jitsu for 10 years, you'll get your black belt. I recently turned 30 within the last 12 months. I thought, by 40 years old, I could be a black belt in jiu-jitsu. That's thought, quite young. Yeah. And I was like, do you know what? I've got to protect my family, have the confidence, better handle myself. Yeah. And this is the crazy thing about jiu-jitsu. Regardless of your size, your technical ability should be able to overcome them regardless. Um, and then obviously, if you're able to match size with technical ability, then obviously you have a very powerful individual. Um, so I thought, okay, that puts me in a confidence position, which is fantastic. And, and what has sorry to cut you I, i'm curious to know this i really want to hit on this before i forget what about outside of the map the, the community of your oh, club i gosh. mean how how has that affected your life it's a second family which i never thought would be there and it's interesting to see that the habits of which they portray are very similar to my own so um, because of the consultancy taking so much time with the nutrition side of things mm-hmm. i don't have the time to have a hangover let's say right and a lot of them are of the same understanding that well we don't drink because it affects our training and i'm like okay i can resonate i want to keep fit and healthy so they can do more they want to push themselves to limit how much more and that i could i can really gel with right not saying you don't get this from other communities but they just are all on the same wavelength and that community feel from where if something's wrong like you can go and like said chat with any of them about it you're like sparring with them like it sounds stupid i was rolling with my professor um (laughs) wes on friday night and i tried a move on him which i had no idea if it was gonna work and it put me in the worst position ever i just laughed and said well that was pointless wasn't it he just laughed at me and said yep you're fucked now (laughs) i was just like well there we go um but i was in the position to ask afterwards well what went wrong there where's and he said okay fine we'll do x y and z and it was just about how to um uh from people who may understand this term but remove the hooks from a turtle position um to then obviously be able to get out of the turtle position easier um yeah yeah so he he had your back so that would be him him trying to insert the hooks and you're in turtle position on your front while he's almost like the fetal position yeah Yes, yeah, so I'm in the fetal position. He's on my back with his hooks in. I was trying to get the hooks out by extending my leg out and round, but it, mm-hmm. it wasn't happening successfully because obviously he's from a fantastic level. And he said, okay, well, this is what you do, which is you sweep the leg over to the opposite side. You then bring your knee in nice and tight to yours because I won't be able to put the hook back in. And then you bring your knee in at the same, your elbow into your knee at the same time. So I'm not going to put my arm in there either. I'm now dominant on the left-hand side or the right-hand side of whichever knee you've taken out. I would then suggest to then look to turn to that side. <laughs> so, uh, and, you, and you're having a joke. You're laughing with him and having yeah. a joke as you as you yourself exploring an, a new possible option that didn't kind of work out. But at the same time, you're having a joke and laughing while you still build your fundamentals and stuff that you can do again because you, you've tried it, you know? Yeah, and that's the great thing about it. It's not the fact that you're a loser and it's like, oh, I've lost and that's it. At the same time, so you want to get better at it. But it's just one of those things where you go, great, well, what's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah. And mm. I think you just get used to then having that aspect of going, okay, fine, well, I'm going to do more. 
yeah, I'm going to try something else, yeah. Like, no one has the expectations at the beginning of a white belt to be able to submit a black belt. No one has that expectation. And so at this point of the journey, do make silly mistakes. Do try something completely random, yeah. Um, mm. It's not as if you're a black belt trying to impress the world. Um, and if you're at far ahead of the game where you are a black belt trying to fight, then fine. Maybe you're more invested, obviously, at that point. And yeah, you have a point to prove. So yeah, train hard. But at least you've got that buildup of failures to learn. You need to overcome a lot of things. Um, mm. I, I sorry, think, I, I think that's got... beautiful. Go on. I was going to add the progress situation. Obviously, the, the whole 10, 10 year idea, obviously, having a black belt yes. would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, me, it's just turning up and then obviously have some competitions in the meantime, see how that all goes. I still want to go and compete at the uh, North Somerset one, um, which is the the one I got DQ'd at. So try and get some redemption there. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, just keep keep on enjoying it, keep on learning. And I think the greatest thing is that there'll always be belts that are higher than me that I'll feel like, okay, let's see what we can do. Can we make, can we make an improvement? Can I get one? Can I submit one of them? Yeah. And I'm sure I'll get the one day where I will submit a blue belt and then I'll think, great, I'm, I'm a blue belt now and then I'll get my ass kicked about 40 times more. <laughs> um, but that's, that's, that's just the way, that's where the way the cookie crumbles, as they say. <laughs> yeah, it does. In the world of jiu-jitsu, and, and like you said, I think you, I think you made that point beautiful, uh, beautifully earlier on when uh, failure is a part of jiu-jitsu. That's a part yeah. of it and it does humble you, but at the same time, it can drive you. I, I, I do believe that true strength comes from weakness when you're yeah. at your weakest then that's where you can find true strength yeah. I, I will gladly i will gladly be absolutely blowing out my ass thinking like oh god i've got nothing left with me and we again this happened on friday just gone where's i was saying anyone else want to roll i'm like well, what's the worst that's going to happen i'm already tired the guy's better than me let's just go and learn something I think it shows characters to when you are down and out. 100%. 100%. What more can you do? And this is where I think individual combat sports really builds much more character than the team sports, right? Where people could hide behind other people, if that makes sense, or be taken along by other people. I'm not saying that those sports are bad, but like or worse in any way but i just it's find a, it's, it's a facet more... of it it's a part of it what you're saying is not wrong yeah i agree you know the sport's not bad but you can you can other people can kind of not hide but it, it's negligible you know faults and weaknesses can get mixed up and blended together yeah. in a team but combat sport when you're by yourself that's different it's all on you <laughs> it's exactly it's you. that whole good old mma phrase once that cage door shut it's just you and me yeah and I'm not saying, like I said, jiu-jitsu is MMA, but it's the same thing. Like, And you don't have to be put in that environment, not at all. You can easily progress and help yourself. But once you're rolling with someone, which is generally the crust of every single session you go to, you'll learn some technical stuff. You'll then roll at the end to practice it. Mm. Like, it's down to you to obviously handle yourself, not That's your right. teammate, not your professor. It's down to you to handle yourself and execute what you've learned. Where That's where team sports you can be helped up by others and not and I, I like I said I think it builds better character. That's probably the best way of summarizing it. Oh uh, yeah, I agree with that. And and that's I think that's a beautiful way to end this with what you just said there. Um once again, Professor Jacob, you've been you've been a co-host on this show many a times, but it's been an absolute pleasure and an honor just to listen to your own personal journey, your adventures, your highs, your lows, 
and and your next chapter as well the wonder of the why i think that i think that is beautiful so um brother thank you for taking part um anything else you want to say no coach t thanks very much obviously for having me on board obviously listeners i'm sure we'll do a part two to this where you can find out how the journey goes if you want to coach t yeah, why not? Um, why you, not? Keep you posted of how things are. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for having me on as always. Absolute pleasure, Professor. Absolute pleasure, pleasure. And I got a lot of insights from what you said, to be honest. There's a I think there's a lot of inspiration. And I know there's someone. I know there's someone that's pressed play that's been inspired by your words. Don't know who, but I know it has happened. And guys, Coach T, I've been your host, Punch Touch Podcast. This has been episode two. The warrior special, the wonder of the why. why. And everybody's got their own why. And I, and I think that you can add that why to your life. Why do you get up in the morning? Why are you working a job? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you training? Why are you going through this grind? Why are you happy? Why does your son or your daughter make you smile? Why? Everyone's got a why. And I really feel that this, this show needed to be done. Once again, thank you. Thank you for... Um, Professor Jacob sharing with us his personal journey. Beautiful. And remember, remember, guys, remember, remember, leaf of mind, herbal tea specialists, some great herbal tea coming from a 15 year old young man trying to make some money so that he can go on his own school trip. Check it out at www.leafofmind.co.uk. I've been your host, Coach T. This is Punch Touch Podcast. Be strong, be true, just be you. Coach T, I've been your host, Punch Touch Podcast. This has been episode two, the warrior special, the wonder of the why. And everybody's got their own why. And I, and I think that you can add that why to your life. Why do you get up in the morning? Why are you working a job? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you training? Why are you going through this grind? Why are you happy? Why does your son or your daughter make you smile? Why? Everyone's got a why. And I really feel that this, this show needed to be done. Once again, thank you. Thank you for um, Professor Jacob sharing with us his personal journey. Beautiful. And remember, remember, guys. Remember, remember. Leaf of mind herbal tea specialist some great herbal tea coming from a 15 year old young man trying to make some money so that he can go on his own school trip check it out at www.leafofmind.co.uk i've been your host coach t this is punch touch podcast be strong be true just be you, be you.